You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. So good to be with you guys. Today we're going to be in Joshua chapter 4. Right, if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Joshua chapter 4. And as you get there, I have a question for you. Do you remember all that God did this year? Think about it. Like on December 31st, do you remember all the time you time saw God at work in 2023? See, you and I all of us, we, we want to remember, right? There's something innately human about remembering things, a desire to remember things. So we, we memorialize things, right? right? Dads, where my dad? Dads, Christmas morning, what was our job? We, we, hold the, we hold the phone and we capture every minute of our kids opening the presents. All right, but the wives can have all the fun for some reason, and they can do it perhaps with the kids. We record it. If we're good at our job, we remember to hit the button, right? All right, why? Because one day when you're old and for some reason you want to make yourself sad, you're going to go back and watch that video. All right, you're going to watch your, your home videos because you want to remember. You want to remember when your, your, your kids were young, when they were little, just the joy of opening the gifts, giving gifts. You're going to want to remember that. So the videos are a memorial. All right, we do this in other ways, right? You have your, your photo album of your wedding. Why? Do you want to go back and look at those pictures and remember the day and just remember the feeling and just every, who was there, everything that went into it? Remember the moment. And you have trophies on your shelf at home. So you, you can remember when you were more athletic and, and better at sports or just better at participating. Right? So you can remember, remember when. And then the bumper stickers on your, your van and on your car reminding you of vacations that you take. So you can remember. I remember the, the experience, the things you did, the places you saw. Those things are important to us. And to us, those things are worth remembering. And today, when we look at the Bible, church, we want to see that God's great works are worth remembering. God's great works are worth remembering. So today, in Joshua 4, we're going to look back and we're going to remember when. And we're going to see God tell his, his people to create a memorial because he's going to do something so amazing that they will not want to forget. And so on December 31st, 2023, how does God want us to remember everything that he's done? What does God want you to do to remember all of his work that he's done this year? Everything he's done in you and around you in the world. How does he want us to remember? 
So we're going to take a look at Joshua 4 before we get there. We've got to look at Joshua 3. Because Joshua 3 and Joshua 4, they're, they're linked together. To understand 4, we've got to understand the story in chapter 3. And as we, as we do, as we do this, God's going to, going to show us through his word how to remember him and everything he's done. All right, so we get to Joshua 3. And, and God has a people. Right? Israel. And he's promised these, these people a land. God always comes through on his promise, but, but they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years after only knowing slavery in Egypt. So they have yet to, to receive this promised land from God. Wandering through the wilderness, camping out under the leadership of a man named Moses. We get the Joshua chapter 3, and Moses has died, and God has put Joshua in his place to lead God's people, and God is ready now to deliver his people into the promised land after 40 long years. And so, he brings his people to the east side of the Jordan River. Just across on the west is the promised land, and so they're on the east bank of the Jordan River. He brings them there, and they camp for Three days. Three long days. Can you imagine this? Imagine that you've been wandering around 40 years. You and, and several hundred thousand of your, your closest friends with, with no home. No home. And, and then you're brought to this, this river. And you can see, with, with that eyesight, you can see the home that God has promised you. The home that you've longed for, that you, when you wake up in the morning, it's what you think about. When you go to sleep at night, it's what you dream about. And it's right there. All you have to do is cross the Jordan River. The river. This is the Jordan River, and, and like it does every every spring it, it's overflowed its banks right, it's far too wide to cross and far too deep to touch the bottom even if you tried you'd be swept away drug under by the, the water rushing down from a high elevation in the north so you watch for three days as it haunts you and it rushes past and you stare at it with each passing day, it becomes increasingly more obvious how strong this river is, how dangerous this river is, how unpredictable this river is. With each passing day, you come to the realization that this is impossible to cross. And maybe you're here this morning and you're facing an obstacle, you're facing a problem that looks impossible to get through. And you feel like God has just brought you there. He sat you in front of your, your, your problem just to, to look at it and see how impossible it is to get through. This river was impossible for God's people to get through. And maybe, maybe the problem you're facing is impossible for you to get through. Surely God has a plan, right? He's, 
got a plan for his people. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a, a, a bridge somewhere. Maybe uh, there's a tunnel, easy solution. An Uber driver that they grew up, you know, a local, he knows the back roads, he knows the way around this river. Maybe there's an easy way to get through. Surely God's not going to take them right through the river. Right? There's women, there's children, there's babies. There's 40 years worth of camping supplies, all right? God doesn't want you to get your s'mores wet, all right? Surely they're not going through the river. But he speaks to Joshua. Chapter 3, verse 8. To Joshua, he says, Command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. In other words, cancel your Uber. All right? Secure your s'mores. Right? We're going through the Jordan. And then he, t- he tells them how he's going to pull this off. He says in verse uh, uh, 13, And when the soles of the feet of the priest bearing the ark of the Lord, listen to this, the Lord of all the earth, the Lord of all the earth, the Lord even of the Jordan, the dangerous Jordan River, the the Lord over that that diagnosis that you got this year, the Lord over those bills that you just don't know how you're going to pay. The Lord over that sin that you've been struggling with and you, you long for it to go away. The, the Lord over that, that kid that you keep praying for that you hope comes to faith. The Lord over all the earth. When the priest bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. And the waters coming down from above, from the north, shall stand in one heap. So the, the priest, just as God commanded, they, they, they set out for the river. All right, they have the, the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders carrying it. All right, remember the Ark of the Covenant. It's this, it's this box overlaid with gold, and it's got Moses' tablets with the Ten Commandments in there, Aaron's staff, but more importantly than those things. More importantly, it symbolizes God's presence. His presence with His people. So with that ark on their shoulders, the priests set out for the river. And the people follow a half mile behind so they can witness everything that's about to unfold. And the priests get to the edge of the river. The ark on their shoulders. And they take a step in. And then in verse 16, it says the water coming down from above, out of the north, it stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam. So the priests do a very good job of what Paul says, tells us to do in 2 Corinthians, to walk by faith, not by sight. See, with their eyes, they could see the raging waters. They could see the river. They could see the danger of the water. But in faith, they step in, trusting the God who said he's going to get them through the river. Trusting the God who is more powerful than the river, stronger than the river. Trusting the God that says he's going to stop the river in its tracks, and he does. The waters cease flowing. 
It says they're stopped 20 miles away in a, in a city called Adam. 20 miles worth of water, and God's people walk through on dry ground. Amazing. Friends, what do you, what do, you do? How do you? How do you respond when God does something amazing in your life? What does God want you to do when you've just witnessed his mighty hand at work in your life and around you? And at the end of 2023, on this last day of the year, what is the proper response to a God who has done amazing things every day of the year? And so now we get to Joshua chapter 4. All right, we see that, that God's great works are worth remembering. This amazing work is worth remembering, and he's going to tell us three ways to remember him, to remember his great works. The first is to respond to his great works. The second, to recognize his great works and finally report his great works. First, we'll see the response to God's great works. The response to God's great works. Chapter 4, verse 1. It says, when all the nation had, pa- had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they're there to this day. And so God's people had just miraculously crossed over this river on dry ground. And and how does God tell Joshua and and his people to respond to this miracle, this amazing event? He tells them to build a memorial. One one man from each tribe tribe of Israel, there's 12 tribes of Israel, one man as a representative of each tribe is to go back into the riverbed where the priests are standing on dry ground, grab a stone, a rather large stone, put it on their shoulders and carry it back with them out of the riverbed to a a town called Gilgal where they'll, they'll spend their first night in their homeland laying their heads. And there, build a memorial so that it may be a sign among them. You see, God, God, all throughout the history of his his people, has used signs. We go back as far as Noah. Genesis chapter chapter 9, after the the flood, God God speaks to, to Noah and he promises that never again will he destroy the earth with a flood. And as a sign of that promise, he puts a rainbow 
in the sky. And now when God's people look at that rainbow, every time they're reminded of of his promise, they're reminded of his faithfulness. And here God tells them to construct a memorial out of 12 stones as a sign. Why? So when they see it, they're reminded of the God who stopped the, the Jordan water. When they they see it, they're reminded of a God who stays true to his promises, who does what he says he's going to do. When they see it, it sparks a conversation with their kids. It's a conversation starter. Mommy, Daddy, what are these stones? Let me tell you about what God did for us. Church, the proper response to God's great works, the amazing things that he does is simple. It's just remember them. Remember them. So just in time for 2024, right? We have a few minutes left in 2023. Tomorrow we we flip the calendars. Everybody's got their New Year's resolutions. Before you go to the gym or, or whatever it is, let's Let's make it a resolution to start a new habit, a new practice of remembering. Let us be a people that remember. Whatever it takes, let us sit, make a habit out of sitting and just reflecting on what God has done. Make a habit out of praying, talking to God and thanking him for who he is and what he's doing. Make a habit out of journaling, writing down the things that God has done. God's great works are worth remembering. All right, that's, the, that's the response to God's great works, to remember them. Next, we have the recognition of God's great works. Look down at verse 10. For the priests bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priest passed over before the people. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over, armed before the people of Israel, as Moses had told them. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him, just as they stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. And when the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan, the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground. The waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. And so the people pass over. Every last one of them. But I, w- I want us to look, I want us to focus at, at the different groups that it talks about here. All right, first it says that all the, 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 all the people, the people passed over. And notice how it says they passed over. With haste. All right, a fancy word for quickly. All right? They pass over quickly. Now, there's, pro- there's a few explanations probably for this. 
All right, one could be to show us that, this, that God's plan was executed flawlessly. There's no mistakes in God's plan. Not here, not ever. Flawless. But another explanation that I believe probably to be true, right? There was fear. Right? You and I would be afraid. There's 20 miles worth of water, raging water, dammed up, just screaming to be let loose. And they're walking across its path. So there's probably a little bit of fear quickening their footsteps. And, and, and the point I want you to note is that sometimes following God is scary. Right? Is that true? Sometimes following God is scary. I remember um, a few years ago, I, I felt this, this, this call to ministry. And uh, I remember after I made the decision, like, Lord, yes, I'm going to, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. And I remember like the next Sunday sitting in, in these chairs and the, the preacher's up here preaching. And it's, it like hits me like, if this is going to work, I'm going to have to get up there and talk in front of a lot of people. All right. You know what I felt in that moment? Fear. I was scared. Because sometimes following God is scary. But even though they were afraid, they still crossed the river. They, they, they recognized whose hand it was holding back the waters. They recognized who was more powerful than the waters. They recognized who they were following. And so the people crossed the river. Verse 12, it says that the warriors of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh passed over. Now what we need to know here to make sense of this is, is that these tribes, these two and a half tribes of Israel, God's people, they, they, they weren't promised the land across that river. They already were given land on the east side of the river. They had their land, but they were commanded by God through Moses to go across the river and fight the, fight the battles, fight the war. Because the land that they were passing over, the land that God's people were going into was not, it was not going to be peaceful. There was evil in the land. Darkness in the land full of wicked people. And so these warriors of these two and a half tribes, though they are crossing a, a river where they are not going to even inherit the, inherit the land, they go. Why? Because they recognized who they were following. They, they recognized that it was God that they were following. It was God that was giving them the land. It was God that was calling them across the river. And so in verse 14, so the people were in awe of Joshua. Right? Joshua crossed this river as well. He, he led this thing. And the people were in awe of him. Just like they were Moses. Now, Moses, God did many miracles 
when Moses was the leader of his people. Many, many miracles, great things. And right at the start of Joshua's career, he does this amazing miracle. He stops the waters of the Jordan River. And so they're in awe of him. They're in awe of his, his leadership. And there's nothing wrong with this. Like This was God's intent. He, he, said, he, he said he wanted to exalt Joshua. He wanted them to be in awe. So if this, was, if this was today, Joshua's Instagram following would have blown up overnight. Right? There have been paparazzi at his Southern California mansion waiting for a picture. There would be teenage girls in their Joshua t-shirts standing outside of his limo, screaming, crying. But God would leave no mistaking who they should really be in awe of. There'd be no room for misplaced recognition of this miracle. So at the command of God, Joshua tells the priest bearing the ark to come up out of the riverbed. And so they do. And the moment that they step out of the riverbed, and put their feet out of the riverbed. The waters release. The river immediately flows back as it was flowing before. See, it was God's presence symbolized by the the Ark of the Covenant that went into the river and stopped the river. As soon as their feet entered the river, it stopped. And it was God's presence exiting the, the riverbed that released the water. Credit for this miracle could not be given to any man. Could not be explained away by an earthquake, a rock slide, or any act of nature. And that illness that you overcame this year cannot be explained away simply by the right medication and the right doctor. Not those things alone. That promotion that you got at work cannot be explained simply just because of hard work and experience, not those things alone. That sin that you overcame that's been ruling your life and now you're finally freed from cannot be explained simply just because of your your new sense of, of morality and purity. Church, the same God that stopped the waters of the Jordan River is still doing great works today all around us, in us. And if God's great works are worth remembering, and they are worth remembering, first we've got to recognize that it's Him that's doing them. He's doing the works. He gets the credit. He gets the glory. Church, you recognize the great works of God. Are you aware of His his hand at work in your life, the lives of others, the world around you? Are your eyes open to everything that he is doing in East Point Church, in the community? All right, so we've seen the response to God's great works, right? To remember them. All right, now we've seen the the recognition of God's great works. He gets the glory. Next, let's look at the report of God's great works. Verse Verse 20, 
Verse 19, the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they camped at Gilgal on the east border of the Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall say, let your children know, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you, and so you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for, his, for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So now our passage, it takes us back to the memorial, the memorial that God commanded them to build out of these 12 stones. And as we noted earlier, it's kind of a conversation starter. An opportunity for parents to report to their children all that God had done at the Jordan River. See, God knows that kids are curious, right? We know that kids are curious. My oldest, when he was, uh, when he was learning to talk, first learning to speak, he would point to things in the house and all around us, and he'd say, what that is? We've worked out the, the English problems there. But what that is, right? he, he saw something. Something was visible to him. And he wanted to know. He inquired. He was curious. What is that? And so we, we tell him. And my question for us this morning, is there enough, enough visible evidence, visible signs in our life for our children to look at us and to see something in us that God is doing and ask, what is that? Mommy, why are you always so at peace when everything's so chaotic around us? Daddy, why do we give to people who need it when we ourselves don't have much? Why are we not angry at those people who just wronged us? Why are we not worried when, when all this is going on? Why do we sing these songs? Why do we read this book? Why do we close our, our eyes? And who do we talk to? Church, is your home... Is your life saturated with, with memorials, with, with signs of God's work in your life? And I don't, I don't mean like, don't go home and, and go to the fire pit and get 12 stones and put those in your house. But is there, is there signs, is there evidence in your life of God at work? God cares deeply about His children. And He cares deeply about your children, and he cares deeply that your children will come to faith. And so he wants you, he wants us, he wants all of us to report of his great works, because if we don't, there are plenty of other things that want your children's attention. There are plenty of other voices just waiting for the right moment to speak into your kid's life. And if this generation forgets all that God has done, 
and fails to report of his, his great works, the next generation doesn't know God. And look, I, I, I know like I know I can't force uh, my, my kids to have a relationship with God. You can't force your kids to have a relationship with God. I can't save my kids as much as I long for them to be saved. But they're going to see me every day with a Bible, with God's Word open in my lap, reading it. They're going to see me with, with my head bowed, praying to God. We're going to sit down at dinner and we're going to pray. We're going to pray before they go to bed. We're going to talk to God. We're going to bring all our cares to God in prayer. They're going to see me come to church and worship God, and they're going to hear me worshiping God. They're going to see me, see me take the, the cup and eat the bread. They're going to learn the songs. They're going to learn the stories. They're going to learn my story. Because God calls us to report of his great works. And our passage ends with the reason for this whole miracle. Right? God could have chose a less elaborate way, right, to, to get them across the river. But he stopped the waters. And he tells us why. Verse 24, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. That you may fear the Lord your God forever. Here's a God that not only delivered his people in a miraculous way, showing his power, but this is a God that, that shows his power and he wants the whole world to see his power. He wants the whole world to see that he can deliver them. And, and stopping the, the waters of the Jordan River was just the tip of the iceberg. See, you and I, you and I, before we came to faith, if you're a Christian, before we came to faith, we were, we were, we were lost. We were in our own wilderness. No way to get to God. No way to have a relationship with God. No way to have real purpose, real identity. And so we're, we're, we're prevented by our own sin that we're reminded of, of daily. A river of our own sin rushing past us. A river of our own, own self-absorption, self-rule, selfishness. Unable to get to God. And then Jesus. Jesus came to earth. He took that sin and he, he didn't just move it 20 miles north. The Bible tells us that, that he took it. He took that sin and he moved it as far as the east is from the west. And Christian, though we are on this earth, we will one day forever be at home with God because God made a way for us to get to him as father. He now calls us father. His, his, we now call him father. He calls us his children So before we close, we close the book on 2023. All right, we flip the calendar. 
and enter a new year? Can we make a resolution to be a people, to be a church that remembers? A church that makes a, a practice, a habit, a lifestyle out of remembering all that God has done, of who God is, of his faithfulness. So, so what has God done for you in 2023? Whatever it is, it's worth remembering. All right, so respond to his great works. Remember them. Make a practice of remembering God's great works. Recognize his great works. Open, open your eyes to see everything that God is doing around you and in you. And he gets the credit. Give him the glory. And report God's great works. Tell your children, your family, your friends, tell everyone who God is and what he's doing, what he's done. Be a people that remembers. Let's pray. Father, we, we pause for a moment before we enter into tomorrow and, and start the hustle and bustle of a new year. Father, we pause. We reflect on everything that you've done for us. Everything that we've seen you do, Father, and we acknowledge that you're doing things that we do not even see. That you're working on our behalf, even when we don't see it, Father, we thank you for that. Father, we thank you that your plan for us is way better than our plans for ourselves. We thank you that you can do the impossible in our lives, in the lives of those around us, in the world, Father. Father, nothing can stop you. So as we go into a new year, Father, we pray that we be a people that remember you. Not once a year. Father, daily, moment by moment, as we depend on you, Father, we remember you. We remember your faithfulness, we, that we may be encouraged, Father, when we face struggles in the future. Father, you make a way when there is no way. Let us be reminded of that. We thank you. We love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, the greatest miracle that you've ever given us. Thank you that he died for us, that you look at us and you see your children. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeaston.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.